Hi, this is Martha Davis from the Motels, and you're listening to 10 Temecula Entertainment Network. Well, good afternoon. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon out here in Temecula Valley. I'm Kat Ellis with my wonderful and talented co-host. Uh, Tom Plant. <laughs> hey, Kat. Hey, Tom. Look at that yellow light coming in through the window. I believe it's sun. And have you seen the mountains? Oh, full of snow. I, was, I took some pictures of them the other day. I saw. And my sunflowers are still going. Unbelievable. I just can't get over how how they are just uh, persistent. Our our friend Connie Borland called me the the uh, what was it the the sunflower? Oh gosh, diva? Well, oh, not a diva, but uh, no. whisper, ah, sunflower, sunflower whisper. That's what she I called me. I love it. That's what a great term. And you are. Yeah. Somehow they just love me, and you know well, I've got what's about. Not to love. Oh, thank you. I have a thousand seeds. I know you do, in all oh, 16 different varieties. 17, I think. Wow. That I'll be planting soon. I, I planted some California poppies out in my flower bed, so I'm waiting for them to pop up. Now, that's nice, but I'm much more excited about the chili peppers that you're going to be growing. Yes, yes. I ordered, gosh, I don't know, six different varieties? Yeah. I think that's what at, it was. At least, including shishitos and habaneros and... Oh, oh! I even got. Uh, did I get a ghost pepper? I can't. I don't remember. know. That would be fun. Well, I don't know what I'd do with it. I just thought <laughs> I'd get one to say I'm growing them well, for whatever I'll, reason. I'll do something with them. You won't eat it, but <laughs> I won't eat it. But well, no, they go. They go good with uh, some of those. Go good with my sassy mamas. I've uh, speaking of hot peppers. I've really been uh, getting a kick out of watching Hot Ones on YouTube. That's the show where they bring in a celebrity and oh, they have yes. also and and they have ten chicken wings, and they range from. Like, say, a Tabasco saucer, you know, one of the mild right. hot sauces, to something that'll make your head spin off its axis and flow across the, oh. the planet Earth. And just seeing the different reactions uh, of the, some of them say, yeah, bring it on, let's go. Is that all you got? And uh, some of them go after one or two wings and go, I'm done, I'm out. <laughs> but Gordon Ramsay, I wish I had counted the number of F-bombs he had. <laughs> I've <laughs> he, seen his show, his... Um, <laughs> you know some of his shows on there and he uses the f-bomb quite a few times yes in he's there. quite liberal with it i don't think i could work with him it would scare me <laughs> i get hearing that out too often I i'd have, love to but i have heard he's a very nice man oh i'm sure he is but if you start yelling at me yeah, and using no, f-bombs I'd, I'd be crying <laughs> or something i don't think i could do that Hey, we've got a fun show lined up this week. Yes, week. we listened. Already got a little snip of Jake Allen. Yes. Oh, oh boy. That, what a talented guy. And uh, he's just got it all going, doesn't he? He does. And uh, I met him through um, my good friend, Jennifer Mann. Yes, our uh, good friend. Our good friend, yes. And then uh, we also have our local artist, Rick Hildebrand. Yep. Rick's uh, been a good friend. Rick and Rinda have and been Rinda. good friends of ours for, for years now. 
And uh, one of our guests today uh, is Kate Rounds. And Kate has published her first novel. Kate's a journalist, and she just published Cat Boat Road. And it was so much fun talking with her. She lives in uh, in uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. And she asked if we could interview her earlier, which was 7 o'clock her time on the East Coast, because she gets up and starts writing every morning at 4. Oh. But part of her background, I mentioned she was a journalist. At one time, she was a freelance writer, staff writer, staff reporter, and editor-in-chief of a trade publication. But she says she hit her stride at Ms. Magazine, where she was senior editor, news editor, and Gloria Steinem's editor. Wow. Yeah. So she's got some background. I and, guess so. And I really think she hit it out of the park with this first book, which is, it's wild. It's this family in Massachusetts, and... Uh, Mom and dad were kind of hippies, and uh, their two children, Sawyer, the older brother, his younger sister, Ace, they call them Irish twins because they're just about a year apart. They're not related, not twins, twins, but they're close enough right. to. And uh, Ace develops a crush on her mom's best friend, Mrs. Forrest. So mm. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting book. I bet it'd be a great movie. It would be a fabulous movie. So shall we get on with, uh, listen to uh, our interview with Rick Hildebrand? Let's do it. Hi, Rick. How are you doing? Hey, Rick. Hi, Kat. Thanks a lot for calling me. It's so excited. I know you have been playing all over the place, and um, you're just one of the most popular artists out in this area. And Thank I was you. reading your bio, and you came from New York. And yes. what were you doing in New York before you moved out here? Well, I... I uh, I spent actually 54 years in upstate New York to give you how long that is, but uh, yeah, I I, uh, I grew up in a town called Canandaigua, New York, and I moved out here back in 2011. But I I worked uh, in the IT field for a number of years, and I worked for Xerox through EDS, Electronic Data Systems. Most people know EDS is the company that Ross Perot started, right? And I've been them for almost uh, 20 years out there. And I did uh, a lot of computer work for uh, Xerox, and I supported the sales staff across the country with their software and hardware and so forth. So uh, then in 2011, I moved out here to, uh, to California because my late wife was actually from California. I convinced her to move back out here, and uh, yeah, I've been here ever since. So this is, this is home now. Well, I'm glad you are out here. Now, you... Yes. You play as a, a solo artist and sometimes as a duo, as what, the yeah. Scully Boys? Correct, yeah. And I play with, Mark, with the Scully Boys. Mark plays a mean harmonica, of course. Yes, he and, does. Uh, we, uh, we call ourselves the Scully Boys because we wear those Scully shirts. It's S-U-L-L-Y, Scully Boys, because we wear the Scully-style Western shirts. So we, we kind of came up there on a whim because we like the shirts, so we said we're going to wear them when we play. So we, <laughs> we, just, we came up with the name and said, let's call ourselves the Scully Boys, and it, it stuck, so, yeah. How would you describe wow. your style of music, Rick? Well, uh, I, I like to play a, a lot of styles of music, actually. I'll play everything from... Um, from uh, country, which is like uh, Folsom Prison Blues, to play that funky music whiteboard, right? <laughs> so I'll, I'll play disco, country, pop music, ballads, you name it. Uh, interesting story. When I was out in New York, back in uh, 1998, I think it was, in the 99, 
uh, I met uh, some guys at Xerox uh, that were looking for a guitar player because they had a Ukrainian band. And I played 12 years with the Ukrainian band. I, I, I asked the guy, I said, uh, his name was Rick as well. I said, Rick, it sounds like an interesting uh, venture. Can I, can I uh, audition for the band? He says, sure you can. You know? So he set up an audition for me, and I got the job, and I played with him for over 12 years. So it was, it was a pretty cool experience. And uh, we would play every Saturday in January because every city has a different New Year's celebration in January. Not just New Year's Eve, but uh, every weekend. So we were traveling all over the East Coast, from Canada, Detroit, Windsor, Ontario. Yeah, you know, we were all over the place. We actually played in Los Angeles a few times, too, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So that was a, a pretty cool cultural experience for me. Made a lot of great friends there. What were your influences and inspirations when you, what did you listen to when you were growing up, Rick? Well, when I was growing up, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of like the 70s. So uh, I a lot of 70s style bands. The Almond Brothers were a big influence on me because I played guitar, obviously, and uh, I, I tried to emulate a lot of their styles. Uh, Leonard Skinner was a big band back then, so I tried to play a lot of their songs, and I, I still do, actually, so. And Eric Clapton was huge. I liked to listen to Eric Clapton. And so they, they were all my, kind of my guitar heroes, so to speak. So they were my early influences. And then um, back in the 80s, I started playing with my brother-in-law, who was, his name was Michael Yaki, and you can hear his music on Spotify and Apple Music. He's got like seven or eight albums out. Oh, wow. And, yeah, he's, he's a prolific writer and just a terrific singer and keyboard player and very, very talented. He's a, he's a doctor of uh, information technology, too, with the University of uh, actually Rochester Institute of Technology, uh, RIT, in Rochester, New York, and he's still there. But I played with him for over 35 years, so he introduced me to a lot of different styles, too. So we, we played disco music, we played pop music, uh, you, know, you name it, Hall and Oates, whatever. Uh, I love it. it. I'm the it pop queen of this crew here. <laughs> you've got we got pop, we've got country, and you got me with rock. We've got all your bases covered. <laughs> yeah. It, well, I, in my opinion, the 1970s were the best era ever. Tell me something. What was your first moment, that aha moment, when you said, "This is where I belong"? When it came to music. Well, um, it's hard to say, but, uh, you know, when I started playing guitar, um, my first aha moment was probably when I realized I need to really be a singer and guitar player. You know, I, I've always been like a backup singer for other people, and I realized, you know, if I really want to go places in the music business, I need to be able to sing solo and play guitar at the same time. So for me, it, the aha moment was like, you know what, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to sing and play guitar, and I don't have to rely on anybody else. And so it was a real aha moment for me when I realized, okay, let's, let's learn a lot of songs and sing a lot of songs. So now I, I play three hours straight. I did a gig a couple weeks ago where I played four hours straight. Wow. No, bre no breaks, and I just kept singing all night long. So it, that was a real aha uh, moment for me when I realized I can do this. Yeah. And you still have a voice after that, too. My goodness. 
It might be a little strange, but I got through it, you know. And how's your fingertips? <laughs> <laughs> just They're curious, what, it, was there any song that you like to sing that just, just, just got you high when you sang it yourself. It was there was there any song that you can think of that that really did that for you? Sure. You know, uh, the one song that I re get requested a lot, and you probably heard me play it, is uh, Hotel California. Yes. <laughs> I do it in the original key, and I sing it in the original key, and I can play the solo pretty much note for note, and it's it's kind of like a cool thing for me to be able to do that and people people really dig it when I do that because uh, they, they they know the song most people know the song in and out so when I play it and it sounds just like the record they go they really like it so it's a lot of fun it's Sweet. a great moment for that how about do you, do you do any writing Rick are you a songwriter as well no I'm not unfortunately I'm not I uh, my joy comes from just performing music Wonderful. Um, most people ask me, what do you listen to? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I don't really listen to music that much. Okay. I just I play music. I just get a joy out playing music, playing guitar, singing. Uh, and I'll listen to music when I have to learn songs. Okay. I, I take every gig I do, people ask me for songs, and I always make notes of what they ask me for. So the next time I go to a gig, I try to play that song that they've asked for. So I'm, I'm always learning new songs and you know, trying to you know up my game, so to speak. So, but I don't, uh, I have not really written any songs, to be honest with you. But I, when I talk about my brother-in-law, I played with for 35 years. He's got, he's a prolific writer, just unbelievable talent, and uh, he's really good. It, yeah, he's he's the writer in the family. <laughs> he's my my sister's husband. Yeah. Anyway, I was going to say, you can't go wrong with the Almond Brothers for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to learn more Almond Brothers for you than Kat. Oh, yeah. I love the Almond Brothers. About, I love a lot, so. How about Waylon Jennings? Yep. I do Waylon Jennings. I do Good Hearted Woman. Uh, you know, probably a couple other ones. I can't remember all the titles. But, Perfect. Uh, yeah, I, I play Rambler Man by the Almond Brothers. Um I think I do Melissa too. I, I got to learn more of those though because they're they're pretty popular. Cat would be very happy. I saw Greg Allman. Uh, I've actually seen him a few times. I saw him solo in Utica, New York, uh, when he did uh, I'm No Angel. That's when that album came out. Actually, is when I saw him in Utica, New York. Um, but I'll, I'll look for sure. Uh, he, I, I saw him t a couple of times at the coach house out in San Juan Capistrano, and I was sitting right below him. And my claim to fame is he winked at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kat's pretty cute. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta understand. <laughs> yes, I was trying not to get too excited. I just smiled, and you know. Well, there was yeah. the time Melissa Etheridge flirted with you. Oh yes, I did have Melissa Etheridge. Oh. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I was just going to say it's been such a, a pleasure to visit with you, and uh, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on our show. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. I'm glad I was able to do it for you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And please give Rinda our love. I will. And uh, for all your uh, guests out there, you can always uh, see where I'm playing at uh, rickhildebrandt.com. Wonderful. And that's Hildebrandt with a D at the end, right? DT? Uh, yeah, it's uh, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash R-I-C-K-H-I-L 
D-E-B-R-A-N-D-T.com, RickHilgeBrandt.com. Terrific. Wonderful, Rick. Thank you so much. We're looking forward right, to seeing well, you, you soon. All. I appreciate it. Happy I'll New talk Year. talk to you soon. All yeah. right. Thank you. Such a nice visit with our friend Rick Hildebrandt. And if you get a chance, if you live in the Temecula Valley, uh, take a look at his website and see where he's playing. He's, uh, he'll, he will definitely entertain you. Anyway, let's talk about what, what wine are we drinking, Tom? Well, I love this. And, I, you know, I'm not really a, uh, a rosé type person. We are drinking a Messina Hoff 2020 Dry Grenache Rosé. Messina Hoff is a winery in Texas, and this is fabulous. Anyway, I love this uh, this rosé, and um, you, you think of rosé. Sometimes you think, "Oh, it's going to be sweet." Not this. This is well. Nice. It's the same thing too with some Chardonnays and Sauvignon Blanc. You know, it's everybody says, "Oh, I don't drink anything but white wines," but some can be very sweet too, and some can be dry. Absolutely. It depends. No, they're sweet red wines. It all depends on the winemaker. Yep. So, um, our dear friends Paul and Meryl Bonarigo were. Uh, one of our very first guests when we relaunched Cords, Vines, and Dines. Um, you haven't met them yet, but you will absolutely adore them as I do. They're amazing people. Well, I feel like I've known them already after all of our conversations yep. and everything you've told me about them. I feel like, oh my gosh, they're good friends of mine. I haven't even met them yet. Exactly. So. They're just and I watched their YouTube video. Yeah, they have a great YouTube oh, video. Oh, that is so cool. I, I really love why They are the cutest couple ever. So it's Messina Hoff Winery, M-E-S-S-I-N-A-H-O-F, and it's Paul and Merrill Bonarigo, B-O-N-A-R-R-I-G-O. You know what I'd like to do more than go to their winery? Go on one of their um, cruises, wine oh, cruises. Yes, they uh, their their trips to Europe on mm-hmm. the little uh, river river cruises. That would be so fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> so our next guest. Kate Rounds. Kate, uh, as we mentioned earlier, and as you'll hear in the interview, has just published her first novel. It is called Cat Boat Road, and uh, it's it's absolutely delightful. She's a wonderful writer. She's got a keen wit, and uh, I'm just so thrilled that uh, we got to have a nice visit with her. I really am anxious to read her book. <laughs> you'll love it. Okay, should we get into our interview? Let's shall. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Accords, Vines, and Dines. And I am so excited uh, to be visiting with Kate Rounds. Hi, Kate. Hello, Tom. Good to talk to you. I am just enthralled with your book, Cat Boat Road. I, I'll, I have not finished it yet, but I'm four or five chapters in, and I'm just absolutely loving it. Oh, Tom, thanks so much. I appreciate that. And your background is journalism, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I've been a journalism, in journalism forever and ever, uh, longer than most people have been alive. So uh, that, that's my background. And uh, But, you know, we journalists, we always have a, a book in our drawer someplace. You know what I mean? Yes. So uh, I wanted to do this for it. Well, you're a journalist, too. So you probably got a novel someplace, right? You know... Yeah, <laughs> I, I I love to read. I wish I had more time to do it. And uh, I've toyed with the idea of writing uh, something more than a blog post. But uh, who knows? One of these days. You never know. I just, the first thing that has grabbed me about Catboat Road, Kate, is your character development. I just adore Ace and Sawyer. They are so much fun. You call them Irish twins. 
Yes, they're practic. They're very close. I guess I'm not Irish myself, but I guess it means you're uh, almost born. You're not quite twins, you know. Um, but they they were very close. Uh, they were born very close, and they are very close in in their own way. So I appreciate your uh, your mentioning that. They're just a year apart, aren't they? Yeah. And Sawyer exactly. Sawyer is the older That's brother. Yes, he's the older brother. And mom, Wilhelmina, who we call Bill, is just an absolute trip. <laughs> and and uh, then, of course, there's Mrs. Forrest. Yeah, I, I nearly called the book Mrs. Forrest, actually, but there were too, too many misses around in terms of titles, you know, so... I think Catboat Road actually does it. But yes, Mrs. Forrest, uh, everyone's in love with her. Uh, Ace seems to be really developing quite a crush on her. And, and your book has been described, I love this, as a, uh, Holden Caulfield meets Mrs. Robinson, except Holden is a teenage lesbian. That's exactly it. Yep. She's been in love with Mrs. Forrest for quite a while. I'm not going to give you any uh, any endings or anything no, like that. No, please don't. But, yeah, I, no, no spoiler alerts, but let's just say Ace is pretty good at this. She's also a writer. She's doing some ad copy for her dad. Yes, well, she's, uh, you know, the, this is this is the local rag. I mean, that's what I've done. Well, I've been in all kinds of journalism, but lately I've been doing local news. So, uh, yeah, she's doing a little jur journalism for the frigate, and her dad sells uh, ad, ads for it. And uh, it's just, I pass the book over to Kat, but I'm going to grab it back because I just want to share with our uh, our listeners a, a paragraph and share with them your uh, reading, your writing, I'm sorry. Sawyer, who's the older brother, Sawyer had a collection of vintage flasks, which he kept filled in plain sight on his windowsill. He selected one like he was selecting wine from the cellar. It was unpolished silver with delicately etched filigree, filled with Johnny Walker red. He was pretty much dependent on what our parents had in their liquor cabinet. Neither of us liked scotch, but we liked passing the flask back and forth in a sophisticated manner. Most times, we didn't actually drink it. I just, you paint such a great picture, Kate. I love it. Oh, Tom, that is so great. Thank you so much. You never know what's, what, what passages someone's going to like, but... And it brings back memories. You know, it's been a while since I actually <laughs> wrote this book. Um, so thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, I had been drinking too much, so I think I toned that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a little uh, a little weed inhaled too, isn't there? Oh, yeah. They, they, this is kind of an easygoing family. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. You guys are going to love this. Um, a friend of mine has a reading group, and, and they've, very kindly invited me to come after they'd read the book. And th these are all like Northeastern people, you know, in this group. And they said, you know what? This thing has kind of a California feel. <laughs> yeah. that, that's, they felt that it had sort of like a 1960s uh, summer of love thing going on there. It I mean, very it, much does. Yeah. Anything goes on Catboat Road. <laughs> so Catboat Road is in Massachusetts. You're in Jersey City, Jersey. And uh, I'm sorry, what's the name of the town in, in uh, Massachusetts? Horton? Uh, Horton. It, it's called Horton. I, got, I, I, named, I named a lot of the stuff off the Mayflower Manifest. Ah. Um, I myself 
a surprise here. I grew up in uh, Situate, Massachusetts, or, or near Situate, which is the town that this is, um, you know, named after, not named after, but it's town I was thinking about when I wrote it. Um, yeah, so I stole some Mayflower stuff, you know, and there was somebody named Horton on the Mayflower, so I said, that, that fits nicely with Horror Town, you know. Huh. Yeah, true. Uh, let me just sing some praise. Uh, Jennifer Levin, who authored The Sea of Light, said, In this sure-footed debut, Kate Rounds has given us a breezy comedy with darker undertones. Craziness triumphs, but so does tenderness. I laughed out loud. I even shed a tear or two. And uh, those are well-earned words of praise for you, Kate. Oh, thank you. And Jennifer, wow. You know, Jennifer Levin, she, now th there's a lady who really writes an opus. That, that woman, you know, she, she's fabulous. And I like it when people say they laugh out loud. You know, there's a lot of, it's been called sexy, smart, and funny. And when people say it's funny, that makes me feel good. I think we're living in kind of a, a rough and rugged time right now. And if people can laugh, that's great. I laughed out loud on the very first page when uh, Bill and Mrs. Forrest were together in the kitchen and uh, getting to, they both had had a little bit of red wine, and uh, you, again, you painted such a vivid picture, Kate. Thanks so much, yeah. Yeah, Bill, Bill and Mrs. Forrest are, you know, they, they, they have a certain kind of great lady love going on there, you know, uh, which I always thought was kind of interesting. Is there another book in the works? Yes, I'm always writing, that's why I get up at 4 a.m., and uh, I just want to say thank you so much. And I'm really thrilled that uh, folks in California who are into wine are reading Catboat Road. I think it's uh, I think it's amazing. And by the way, I hope you like beer too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there's another book, and I'm busy uh, hoping that people will read this one. And thanks to you folks there in California, I hope they will. Well, and, I certainly um, encourage our, our listeners to go out and buy this. And you can get it on Amazon and all the usual places, right? On Amazon, on Kobo, on uh, Bywater Books. I saw you could get it at Target. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all over the place. And I hope it'll, you know, be there more. But it's just, it's really wonderful to hear people who really uh, like this kind of thing and can pick out such great passages. And um, makes me feel good. And I really appreciate it. I wish you all the success in the world, Kate, and thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Well, listen, uh, I wish you the best, too, and if, if I'm ever in that little town where you are, I'll definitely come by. We'll hold you to it, Kate. <laughs> okay. All right, Tom. Bye, Kat. Yes, we That are. was a great interview. She's delightful and uh, very disciplined, as you heard. You know, we had to interview her early because she gets up at 4 o'clock every morning to write. I wish I could be that disciplined. Yeah. And everything. I, I just can't encourage our listeners more strongly to go out and buy this book. It's called Cat Boat Road. It's by Kate Rounds, and I think you'll uh, really enjoy it. Kat and I were saying it should be a movie. It would be a great movie. It sounds like it should be a great movie. Yeah. I think it's time for a taste test, Cat. A taste test? You want to quiz me first? Okay. Do you want people and pulp culture or cooking tools and techniques? Ooh, cooking tools and techniques. Okay. Designed by the Italian inventor Luigi De Ponte and introduced in 1933, what is a mocha pot used to make? 
You ready? Loca pot. Mocha. M-O-K-A. Okay. Hit me. A, pasta. B, tomato sauce. C, hot chocolate. Or D, coffee. Coffee. You are right. Yay. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. Woohoo. All right. And you, Kat, have the choice of ingredients or regional dishes. Oh, geez. (laughs) Give me uh, ingredients. All right. Oh. Nearly every banana we eat is a clone of this cultivar. A. Cavendish. B. Ladyfinger. C. Blue Java. Or D. Gross Michel. What? (laughs) (laughs) Would you like me to repeat? Yeah, could you repeat that, please? A banana is what? Nearly every banana we eat is a clone of this cultivar. A. Cavendish. B, Ladyfinger, C, Blue Java, or D, Gross Michelle. Oh, God. I'll go with D. Cavendish, A. Yeah, I almost went with that one. Yeah, nearly every banana you see in a supermarket is a a Cavendish. And there, I think there are hundreds of uh, different banana varieties. And we see hardly any of them. Right. Uh, through our relationship with uh, Melissa's Produce, uh, we've been able to sample some exotic bananas. And I, I love the little uh, finger bananas. They're tiny. Oh, those are, I love those. Yeah. Yes, those are so cute. And plantains aren't exactly bananas, but they're they're, they're just delicious. You fry them up and uh, eat them raw. No, you're going to be very unhappy. No, I've, but I've if you fried cook them. them up, they're good. Who would ever think that? Oh, this tastes awful. Yeah, let's cook let's it. Let's cook it. <laughs> well, it's like mustard greens. You know, you've got to cook them a certain way, right. otherwise you're going to, you know. How did you like the picture of the item I found at Grocery Outlet this morning? Oh, God. Beet cappuccino. No, 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 no. That's not good. That's <laughs> just wrong, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I had beet, you know, when speaking of Melissa, when we were over there for one of their cookbook, yep. um, and she had a beet salad, and I thought, okay, I'll be brave. I mean, some people absolutely love beets. I'm not one of them. And she had this beet salad, and I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And it was one of the most delicious oh, there you go. salads I'd ever had. And They disguised the beet. They though. disguised <laughs> it really well. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I would eat it again. If I could really. Beet cappuccino. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's all wrong. I have had beets in, in my green juices, you know, the powdered yeah, stuff. Yeah, and they're yeah. disguised. Mm-hmm. Um. I know there's a lot of things like you and asparagus and cauliflower like and, and broccoli. <laughs> and if I disguise it, you'll eat it. Yeah, cauliflower. Yeah, you can do lots of stuff with the cauliflower. The thing is, I like the flavor of all of those. Yeah. But you don't. Nope. But that's me. That's you. But that's fine. Everybody's different. Beets? Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope, not going to happen. And a friend came over and was, was eating some beets, had a little jar of beets and was eating them right out of the jar. <laughs> and I said, I used to like you. <laughs> But no, I'm kidding. I think I went on a cleanse once, and every other day was a beet extract, and it, I think that's it. Just permanently turned me off to beets. Yeah, there's just something about them. It's like like me and liver. Can you eat beef liver? And... I can. I don't. It's not one of my favorites. I can't. I you know liver and onions with a little bacon. Yeah, I can do it that way. But I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I my mother used to fix it all the time yeah, for so my stepdad, and I could not eat it. I have. I like even I said, have a problem with chicken favorite. lovers. Not my favorite, but yeah, I can. 
if I have to reality it. Oh. No, 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 not for me. I'm sorry. We have one guest left this week as we uh, march along without our executive producer, Gaya Norvell. Gaya, we miss you. Hurry back. I know. I feel like my arm or something is missing <laughs> without having her here, but we'll, we're getting by, and she will be back for our next show. Yes, she will. Oh, and by the way, our next show, we are going to have uh, from the Gunboat Kings. Oh, Nick. Nick Calandrino. Yes. And I am excited to, to uh, we've already, we've done the interview with Nick, and they're going to be playing uh, in March again at the Coach House, opening for war. And we have our tickets. We Yay. are going. And the Gunboat Kings are just wonderful. I absolutely adore them, the whole band, everybody. I've known them for years. And Nick has a great story to talk, tell about uh, Gunboat Kings. So shall we go on to our... Next interview. Let's shall. Mr. Jake Allen. Hi, Jake. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing good. We're, We're good. You're in Michigan, correct? I am. I'm in the frozen tundra. I was oh, yeah. just going to say, what's your weather like right now? Well, last week there was an Arctic uh, blizzard that came through and covered everything in about three feet of snow. And then the next day... You could see the grass again, and it was like spring. So pretty much standard Michigan weather. <laughs> so I heard you've been in the studio recording. Yeah, actually, I'm doing a kind of an interesting project right now. Uh, a good friend of mine, Jennifer May, uh, she's a painter, and she likes to paint these drip pour paintings, these really beautiful kind of abstract paintings um, while she's uh, playing songs that are inspiring the painting so she she does a lot of pieces to my music to my songs and i think uh she, she's a pretty big fan and i think she's she's done pretty much all of my discography so she's actually hired me to make an album specifically for her to paint to which is turning out to be a really interesting project um and it's kind of has this this really uh uh, congruent theme throughout the whole thing, so it's, it's actually turning into a, a, a really interesting record. I actually have about six Jennifer paintings up in my house right now. So, and my birthday was last week, and she gave me two beautiful hand painted wine glasses. So, we're all big fans of Jennifer Mann. Oh, yeah, rightfully so. She's super talented, and everything she makes is so beautiful. I'm just curious, Jake, we're part of Michigan, are you in? Uh, so I'm originally from a little town called Grayling, um, northern Michigan, and now I live in the uh, uh, sprawling metropolis of Gaylord. It's about 5,000 people, wow. um, so just about a half hour north of there, and it's kind of my little sanctuary, so I do a lot of traveling and uh, touring and stuff, and, and this is a great place to come back to. It's very remote, kind of, uh, you know, out in the woods. Now, are you near any of the big cherry uh, celebrations in the spring or, or summer? Yeah, I'm actually right by Traverse City. It's about an hour uh, west of me, and they always have the Cherry Festival over there, and I've played that a few times with uh, various bands and solo, and um, Michael Moore also has this film festival mm. over there, uh, which is a, a pretty cool shindig as well. So Traverse City is actually awesome, and there's uh, surprisingly an abundance of talent in northern Michigan, a lot of really talented bands and, and solo artists, and everybody's playing. There's a lot of music festivals, and... It's a really vibrant music scene for being, um, you know, so many such a rural area, uh, so many small towns. They they really kind of get together and and 
it's it's really cool to, to be from here and to live up here and to see all the talent that comes out of here to be honest what inspired you to to pursue music in the first place were you small were you what's your story well, I mean, I kind of come from a musical family. My dad's a uh, full-time musician, has been his whole life. Grew up uh, playing in uh, bars in Detroit and then was in, on uh, the road with the artist Melanie for a while. He was oh, wow. in her band. And, and then my mom was also on stage with him for about 10 years. And uh, so it just became kind of a normal thing in the family to play music in some fashion i was never forced into it nobody ever said hey you have to play music but uh, i just grew up around it and it was so prevalent that it just kind of uh was natural for me to to go down that road and um as far as you know where i'm at now with music i i, I use it um what inspires me is is the kind of feeling that i get from uh from writing songs and making music as a, a means of alchemizing things. So the cool thing about music and any, any art form in that fact is that you can turn something negative into something positive. So I always like to, uh, you know, kind of battle things out in the studio. And at the end, the bonus is you get this thing at the end. So you, you have something to show for everything you've been through. So I think it's a, uh, it's kind of a, um, you know, a, a way of alchemizing your life. Most artists I've spoken with or that we've had on the show have said that some of their best work comes out of really tough times, that when you're going through something that's just brutally hard, at the end of it, you have this incredible piece of work. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, I can, I can agree with that wholeheartedly. Some of the hardest things that I've been through in life, I was able to... Uh, kind of use music as a vessel to work myself back to a, a more even keel peaceful place many times beautiful now, now you go on tour quite a bit you're all I over do. the place i'm a uh i'm a clinician for takamini guitars which is mm. also was just a fun gig so uh sometimes i i go all around the world and do clinics for them wow. which is always an opportunity um and then, uh, you know, I do my solo shows as well. So I, I often find myself touring between Michigan and Southern California mm. quite a bit. I've been kind of doing that trek a couple times a year for about the last, gosh, almost 15 years now, which is crazy to think. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's, it's, there's never a dull moment, that's for sure. And especially being at the level I'm at, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty much a one man show and, um, independent operations so there's so many hats that need to be worn and so many things that you need to focus on um you know aside from playing music i think you know maybe five percent of being an independent musician is actually playing on stage and then there's all the administrative stuff so it's uh it's an interesting lifestyle for sure it has changed much over the years so much it has changed so much with all of the uh technology that that we have now me. Yeah, well, the cool thing, I mean, you know, it's a double-edged sword. There's The cool thing is that you don't have to have a major label backing you to do the things that you used to have them do for you, you know. You can you can do everything on your own. So it's really, uh, it's really up to you and how much work you want to put in as far as how far you want to go. Where can people find your music, Jake? Uh, so they can go to jakeallenmusic.com, and that's Allen, A-L-L-E-N. Um, or they can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all those, you know, popular spots. Now, um, how do you describe your 
your particular style of music? Well, I'm a I'm primarily a finger style guitarist. Um, that's kind of my my main deal. So, you know, artists like Michael Hedges and Anthony McKee and these kind of uh, modern finger style guitarists, you could call them that that do interesting things with the acoustic guitar. That's that's kind of what I do. So that's kind of the basis for everything I do. There's there's ninety percent of the time there's going to be an acoustic guitar doing something that is difficult enough for me to question why I wrote it and have to play it as much as I do. Uh, and then, so it has, it has kind of this, uh, you know, modern fingerstyle bass, but then um, I'm a producer as well, and I like a wide array of music. I, my, I grew up on listening to progressive rock music, and then I got into harder rock music like Nine Inch Nails when I was a teenager. So it's kind of a an interesting cross-section of all of the elements that I like from those bands or, you know, all of the elements that I guess kind of subconsciously stuck with me. So I guess you could call it a uh, progressive um, finger style alternative indie rock. Well, there you go. <laughs> Do you have yeah. a specific piece that is closest to your heart or something that means more to you than, than any other piece that you have? Ooh. Um, What's your favorite child? Your favorite kid, you know, (laughs) it's hard to say. I mean, there's some standouts for sure. I don't, I don't know if there's one that I could particularly say this is my favorite thing I've ever done, to be honest. Do you want to tell me a little bit about your standouts and and why they stand out to you and why they mean something to you? Mm. Well, I mean, I, I like the fact that I try to write uh, whatever... You know, my, my life is kind of record to record. So each record I make kind of encapsulates where I'm at at that particular time in my life. And so they all have, you know, they all have validity in that sense. Um, you know, I think that my, there's a record I released uh, in 2018 called Deviant Motions that I, I think I would probably have to say that that's my favorite record that I've made as far as the songs go, um, songs and the production. Um, but, um, I mean, they all, they all kind of have, have their place. There's several songs on that record that I think are probably, um, probably some of the best efforts I've put forward. Now I know Jennifer met you at uh, NAMM show and one of my other friends met you at NAMM show. Michelle Murata, I don't know if you remember her. She's oh yeah, yeah. yeah I know Michelle, she's, she's one uh, of my my uh, good friends, and so is Jennifer. So <laughs> I'm surprised uh, I haven't seen you at Nam Show. I've been there, going there all the time too. Yeah, small world. Yes, it is. Um, now you performed also at Nam Show. Do you perform Correct. at the yeah. Takamini booth or? Were you on stage at some of the other, at the uh, hotels or both? Um, I played a few of the hotels. I played like the Marriott and Sheraton and the Hilton. Um, and then I played at the Takamini booth. Um, there's a couple other companies. Tonewood Amp is a company that I represent uh, that they have, they've had me play probably most out of all of the companies. Um, they're really... Uh, really supportive of their artists and really like to to give them uh some some airtime at nam so 
uh, often when I go, those are the, the folks that I stay with, and we kind of have this big, uh, you know, house of uh, finger-style guitar artist debauchery. And then, uh, <laughs> aside from that, stuff at the uh, Fender booth and Gretsch, um, kind of anything in the Fender family I've been involved in. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been all over that place. I've, I've played a lot, of, uh, a lot of booths and stages there. Does the name Alex Degrassi ring any bells? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Alex is amazing. Um, Wyndham Hill guy, actually. Yes. So, yeah, he, he was uh, friends with Michael Hedges. And actually, I saw Alex play. I went to Michael's uh, memorial show that they finally had for him a few years back in the Bay Area. And uh, that was the first time I actually saw Alex play. And, yeah, incredible I, uh, player. I was lucky enough uh, when I was living on St. Croix in the Virgin Islands to meet Alex and Scott Kasu who's a, a brilliant keyboard player and got to become friends with both of them. So I'm, so I'm glad you're familiar with him. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. From what I could tell, he seems like a super sweet guy too. Yes, very much so. So what do you I, think you would do if you didn't, if you weren't embraced in music for your life travels, what do you think you would be doing? I think I would be doing something in the field of psychology, to be honest. Mm. I think that's what fascinates me the most. Uh -huh. Well, there is definitely a lot of uh, music that can be pulled from psychology, so they, they do go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Either that or I would uh, renounce everything and, and go become a monk. <laughs> well, we're glad you didn't have to make that, that choice. I I like Panda Express too much to give it up. So. <laughs> Downfall. Jake, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Where can we uh, see you next? You're going to be going on tour again? Are you just going to be in the studio for a while? or? Um, I'm in the studio for the foreseeable future. I think there's some things that are brewing in Europe in May, which is very exciting. And uh, I'm sure I'll make it back down to San Diego sooner than later. I usually find myself there a few times a year. Wonderful. Well, maybe we can catch you in San Diego and hopefully you can get a gig up here in Temecula at one of the wineries. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to do that, actually. Jennifer has been telling me about some stuff going on up there. So maybe I'll pro finally, uh, you know, try to make something happen up there. Yeah, we're That'd going be... big here. So Temecula is going to be on the, a big part of the map one of these days. So we'll be we'll be excited to see you here. Happy New Year, Jake. Uh, Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for having me on the show.
That was wonderful. I love Jake. Jake's I, he's a great a guy. Great interview and great music. And um, I just can't wait. We're going to have him again on the show. Yeah, and I haven't. I, I can't wait to meet him. I don't think we, the two of us, have met yet. No. So he's been at, like I said, he's been at Nam Show, and I've been out there so many times. I'm surprised I haven't met. Him. I'm sure I've seen him perform or something. Just didn't realize who he was. Well, should we talk about next week's show a little bit? Well, first I want to just say I'm very, very uh, yes. concerned, upset about the passing of David Crosby. Yeah, boy, we've just been losing so many people in the past couple of weeks. But David Crosby. You think about his career, tracing him from the Birds to Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, his solo career, and that high harmony vocal of his was just haunting. And he had more than his share of demons. I mean, he had his yeah. battles with drug abuse and weight, and uh, you, and he pissed a lot of people off. But at the end, uh, Graham Nash, who was completely estranged from him, just said, you know, I can't say enough about what an artist he was. And Neil Young, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, um, it was just very sad. And I've been listening, I listened to all of uh, Deja Vu uh, yeah. the other day. I was out driving and I put it, put it on and uh, just his vocals. And I'm fortunate enough to have seen him. Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young, and Graham Nash and David Crosby with wow. uh, James Taylor, wow. second row. It was absolutely incredible. At, at James Taylor's Mexico album. Yes. Oh. oh, when they did backup for him. Yep, and, and they gorilla. came out. Oh, yes. He's still a gorilla. Uh, but since we saw the immediate family, Leland Sklar, Russ Kunkel, Wadi Wachtel, uh, Danny Cooch, Kuchmar, and Steve uh, Postel, uh, I just hear so much of their music. You can't go anywhere without hearing a song that they played on, including Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. They were they were the backing band. And one of our uh, our previous guests, Jackie Bertoni, also played with them. Yes. And t- our good friend Tom Bray. Yeah, he did a lot of work with. He did uh, a lot with them trumpet. too. That's right. Uh, do you know that? Um, each band member has been inducted twice into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Crosby with the Birds, Stills with Buffalo Springfield, and Nash with the Hollies, yep. and Young as a solo artist. Yeah, amazing. Just a little little trivia there. So I guess, uh, should we do one more little bit of food trivia? Hey, or? why not? Well, since I have the box in front of me, I'll pull one. I'm gonna just kind of shake the box here. I gotta stump you. You're you're the big chef here. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna try and stump me? Okay. I should make up something and tell you it's the wrong. You give me the right answer, I'll tell you it's uh, wrong. Ingredients. <laughs> ingredients. You ready? Go for it. Um, depending on the demographics of where you live, as much as 20% of the population has a gene that causes this food to taste like soap. Wow. A, lavender. B, cilantro. C, galang- galangal. And D, beer. I'm going to say cilantro. You... <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Sorry. God. Give me another one. i got to find one. Give me another one. i got to try right, to stuff you. <laughs> uh, these are both cooking tools and techniques. I'm going to keep going until I stump you here. <laughs> um, oh, no, that's not a good one. <laughs> Which of the – oh, God, this is probably not a good one either with you. Which of these Latin American foods do you traditionally cook on a 
comal, C-O-M-A-L. Okay. A, thin cuts of meat, B, dried beans, C, tortillas, or D, large stews? Tortillas. Oh, God, you say <laughs> well, Okay, what's this one? Regional dishes. <laughs> In Maryland, fried chicken isn't fried chicken without a helping of A, lemon pepper salt, B, cream gravy, C, cayenne pepper, or D, steamed crab? What was C again? Cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper. It is cream gravy. Really? Okay. Got me on that one. All right. So that's it for Sunday, this Sunday. Thank you, Tom. What a fun show. We do have fun together, don't we? Yeah, we do have fun. And Gaya, we look forward to having you back with us next time. We love and miss you. And um, I guess that is a wrap for now. See you next week. Love ya. In the valley of Temecula, under skies of blue, vineyards sprawl on rolling hills, kissed by the morning dew. People come from near and far to gather for a taste. A tour and a local band make for a special place. Chords and vines, songs and wine, the bottle and a tune. Words and vines, songs and wines, a perfect pair for you. Hi, this is Martha Davis from the Motels, and you're listening to 10 Temecula Entertainment Network.